It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors take down the New Orleans Pelicans to start their post-All-Star break playoff push. And we ask the question... Are the Raptors just good now? We'll get into that. Point Scotty and so much more with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. All coming up in just one sec. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1348 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, February the 24th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I'm covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the show for free on your favorite podcast apps. And of course, we are on YouTube. Please go hit the big red subscribe button. We're pushing towards 3,000 subs. It's very exciting. Please go and uh, join the little family we got built up over there. Come hang out. Sometimes I'll be in the chat when the episodes premiere and you can chat with me there. It's always a good time on the YouTube channel. Uh, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. All right, let's get to it. On today's show, the Toronto Raptors take down the Pelicans 115-110. Jakob Pertle just looking like Tim Duncan in the flesh, 21 and 18 on 9 of 11 shooting. He has like barely missed any shots since arriving with the Raptors. I think he's at 85.9% from the field in his first four games. The Raptors are looking real good. Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic, also looking good, is here. Jamar, I have to ask you the question. I know it's just been four games with Jakob Pertl, and it's not been very good competition. The Pelicans obviously know Zion, but I have to ask the question now. Are the Raptors just good now? What do you say to that? They seem to be. They mm -hmm. seem to... Jakob seems to be the piece that was missing from them just being a team where nothing made sense to a team that a lot makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it, he's fit in seamlessly. Um, you know, he's used to some of the guys, obviously. Pascal, Fred, etc. Even Nurse a little bit. Yeah. But... Yeah, um, it, you couldn't have asked for a better a better comeback for Jakob. I mean, like, he's done everything that anybody could have expected and then some, so. Yeah, it, it's, I think, to answer my own question, I know it's very early on here in the Jakob Purtle 2.0 era, but it feels as though they are actually a good team now. And I, I, you know, obviously came in to the the deal for Yak 
already thinking that there was a good team hidden somewhere within the Raptors. They hadn't found it, and I, I was you beginning very to... Very, I was very hopeful, hopeful. For a long time, yeah. I was. I think that's justified, considering the way they finished last season, considering that they have clear talent on the roster. It didn't fit very well, obviously. Um, but I, I'm, I'm certainly predisposed to buying into the Jakob Pertle era pretty quickly, and I just think it's kind of obvious. Like He just makes them so much better and so much more just like they make sense geometrically on the floor everyone's roles are defined i think the biggest thing is that on defense everyone's kind of had to go down a peg in terms of responsibility instead of having either precious or scotty have to man that sort of rim protector back line of defense role they get to be in like just more favorable, easier to operate within roles defensively. You get OG back as well, and he had a rough shooting night last night, but his defensive you know, force, we all know what a ridiculous defender he is. We saw him do the classic steal and dunk in transition a couple times last night. That was beautiful to see. It, it's just, it just, there's harmony when Jakob Pertl is on the floor, and they're also able to put together lineups when he's not on the floor that have real juice to them because there's just one extra good player on the team, and everyone, again, has kind of been knocked down in the ladder of responsibility or just had their responsible responsibilities more clearly defined. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty exciting. I- I'm trying to pull up here the numbers uh, of the team with Yaka Pertle on the floor. They're very good. Uh, spoiler alert, as I navigate cleaning the glass, our favorite Toronto Raptors website here. Um, with Yak on the floor so far this season, they're in four games, obviously, so very, very tiny sample we're talking about here. The Raptors are in the 98th percentile of the NBA when it comes to uh, point differential. They're a plus 13.6 net rating team when he's on the floor, over 227 possessions. Uh, the offense is in the 81st percentile, which I think is pretty surprising considering the offensive struggles throughout the season at 118.1 offensive rating the defense is in the 98th percentile of all defensive lineups with a or or you know all defensive ratings across the nba 104.4 defensive rating that would be number one in the nba by a whole lot this continues the trend as well of the Raptors performing well with a proper rim protector. Christian Coloco has the second highest net rating on the team now behind Jakob Pertl. Uh, and obviously he was very green, but the rim protection he offers is pretty obvious. Um, you know, if we're trying to poke holes in the idea and the facade that the Raptors are in fact good now, Jamar, is there anything that comes to mind? Or does Jakob Pertl just kind of tighten the screws here to the point where they're obviously not like contender tier or anything like that, but certainly, right. uh, you know, you could qualify them as a good team and that's a pretty pretty good starting point considering where they've been for most of the year well when you go back and you say that you know the offensive numbers kind of surprised you mm-hmm. i didn't they don't really surprise me all that much because sure. the raptors I, I, this season have been you know hovering around the top 10 in terms of offensive uh, rating mm-hmm. all season long despite you know we'd get those ugly droughts every so often uh, usually once a game, there's a drought where the Raptors don't score for like a good three, four, five minutes, but still they were top 10 in offense. So mm-hmm. it was more so they needed that defensive kick like no other because their defense was just falling and falling. And, you know, there was, there were stretches this season where they had the worst defense in the league. If you just mm-hmm. did it like a sample size of like five to 10 games or something like that. So Jakob really anchoring that, they see more balance on both sides of the ball now. And we haven't seen the full lineup because we, were, we thought we were going to see the full lineup yesterday. But mm-hmm. then, you know, Fred wasn't there. So 
it, it kind of threw people for a loop when they saw the starting five and it's like, wait a minute, Scotty's start, Scotty's playing point. So it's like, right <laughs> coming off the bench, there's a there's a little hesitation. There was like, wait, what am I looking at? But yeah, so I don't. I, this this the Raptors are a good team with mm-hmm. their current roster. I need to see them play a little bit more to like you know pick holes and see you know what they could be better at. But mm-hmm. I like what I've seen so far since Jakob's been there. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really nice. It also should be said, it's not just Jakob Pertl who is playing right. well and kind of turning things around here. Uh, we should give some credit to Pascal Siakam, who uh, is just very quietly on a heater once again. Not it's the greatest. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's got his legs back, which is, you know, thing number one. And obviously, he played 38 minutes last night. You want to see, hopefully, a bit of a, a scaling back of the minutes at some point here, if you can. With no Fred VanVleet, that's, that gets a little bit more difficult. But if Fred's back in the lineup, especially considering a guy who I think might come up in the final segment of the show, uh, maybe working himself into the rotation here, you should be able to trim those minutes down a little bit so it's not 41, 42-minute you know, burdens that you're putting on his shoulders every single night. Um, but even so, you get the break. You get, you know, they had a couple off days, you know, before the All-Star break as well with the schedule kind of lightening up. It seems as though Pascal's got his legs back. That jumper in his sort of 18-foot office is very much on right now. Uh, one of five from three last night. So, you know, that's a bit of a regression to the mean considering he's been red hot from downtown over the course of the month. I'm not too worried about a one of five night. He got to the line eight times. Like, he just makes good things happen. He was a plus eight in this game, you know, second best on the team. He, he's just, I feel like we've almost taken Pascal Siakam for granted a little bit because he's been so reliably good this season. Uh, any thoughts on the way Pascal's played of late and the way he kind of, I think last night in concert with Jakob Pertl was responsible for the Raptors winning that game. Of course, setting up that dagger three from Gary Trent Jr., running the same play they run with Fred Van Vliet. With Fred in that or with Trent in that spot, uh, yeah. you know, impressions on Siakam's performance last night and of late as he continues to just be a very clear All NBA level player. Well, until he had to like force a few shots um, in the fourth quarter, where uh, the you know end of clock possessions where the the possession just bogged down. Before mm-hmm. that, he he was shooting over fifty percent. He was having oh Pascal Siakam like uh, offensive game, just efficient game. So. He like you mentioned the, the 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 shooting, yeah. When you can tell he has his legs back when he's you know doing that little step back jumper. That's kind of become his patented thing, like around mm-hmm. the elbow area. That gets a little contact, does that step back. Uh, he's just been money with that. Um, the three point shooting, he's been hot at home. Mm-hmm. Not so much last night. Again, not not a big deal. Uh, he hasn't had to like be a big factor on the glass because Jakob's been there gobbling everything up, and then the assist. He's just doing. He's just having an all-round performance with the the defense as well. Um, everybody's defense seems to be elevated a little bit yesterday. Uh, the Scotty, yak effect. It's so much easier for everybody. It's crazy. <laughs> right. Right. You know, Scotty was engaged early. You saw that early on, getting a couple of deflections. Uh, there is numerous uh, instances where, you know, there is good help defense on drives and some of them get weak side blocks. There is plenty of, of um, defense to offense situations where off a block or steal and then they would get an easy basket the other way. We mentioned OG did that a couple of times as well. He looked like his old self defensively. But yeah, uh, Siakam, you are right. We are kind of taking him for granted at this point. It's like you can <laughs> pencil him in for, you know, 25 points, six boards, five assists. You can 
easily pencil him in for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what he's been giving you. I think it's five straight games now where Siakam scored over 25. So, yeah, he's back in a, he's back in a rhythm. You know, he the Jakob trade just – I know we've given a lot of credit to Jakob already, but that trade seemed to just totally wake him up. Because, remember, we were coming off uh, the, the, the seven-game road trip where, you know, Siakam probably had his, had his worst stretch of the season. And mm-hmm. then he played a really good game against the Spurs, who obviously aren't going to do any, aren't doing anything. And then, yeah, the, the trade just seemed to like rejuvenate him, and not just him, like the whole team. So he's been, he, Siakam's just been his normal self since then because the, he was mm-hmm. at his worst during the road trip. Yeah, he's he's been a, a total treat to watch, and it's been on like slightly less usage as well. He's down yeah. from eighty-two touches a game over the course of the season to seventy-six point three in the last four games. And you know, you're seeing Scotty Barnes on the ball a little bit more often, seeing his touches go up, and obviously Yak is very much involved in the action too, as sort of a greasing the wheels guy. And so he's picking his spots. He doesn't have to do it every single possession. He's able to rest on possessions and let Scotty or Fred, when he's available, go to work. Uh, I think this is going to only mean good things for Pascal Siakam going forward as well to have Yaka Pirtle and just the the, the Pirtle effect. I made this joke on Twitter last night, but the way he has positively affected every single player on the on the team in the rotation upon his arrival is the very first example in recorded history of trickle-down economics actually working. Uh, we're <laughs> going to come back on the other side, dig into Point Scotty, why it was good, but also why it's pretty clear that Fred Van Vliet is still very valuable to this team. We'll get to that in just one sec. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about better help this episode is brought to you by better help and it's a wonderful thing therapy it's a you know not everybody is is you know eager to jump into the idea of therapy it's you're vulnerable you're opening yourself up but it's very valuable because sometimes you just don't have the tools to deal with complex emotions to deal with big decisions to deal with things that might be going on in your personal life the way you interact with the people in your life who also might be going through things as well therapy can help it Big time. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. It's really an investment in yourself. Oftentimes when you're speaking with people, they are also carrying their own baggages and biases and agendas when you're not even consciously, but it happens. BetterHelp offers you a place where you can just talk about you to someone who is there to listen to you talk about you. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn, BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. This is Jake from LockedOn. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic along to break down the Raptors win over the Pelicans. Their third straight, they are 29 and 31, tied for the ninth seed uh, win percentage-wise with the Washington Wizards, who they play a couple times coming up in the next week or so here. Uh, I want to talk about point Scotty Jamar. So last night, Scotty Barnes gets the call. Fred Van Vliet out for personal reasons. Hope all is well on Fred's side, of course. Uh, Scotty Barnes plays 41 minutes, 18 points, five boards, three assists, three steals, a block uh, on six of 13 shooting, two of four from downtown as well, as he continues to, uh, you know, whet his appetite from outside a little bit more often here, a little bit more confidently as well. Uh, what were your overall impressions of point Scotty in this game? This stretch of the season is all about information gathering and figuring out who's going to be on the team next season. I think for some people, the vision for the team might be Scotty Barnes is just the starting point guard going forward. I talked on yesterday's show about why I think that's maybe not a great idea going into next season, considering the seasoning he needs there. But or what were your impressions of Scotty Barnes kind of getting the reins of the team as the starting point guard with a real center to work with as well, a new wrinkle to the point Scotty experience we haven't seen so far this year? Yeah, when you, when you mentioned having a real center to work with, uh, Scotty and Jakob, well, Scotty's already talked about Jakob's high I- IQ. So mm-hmm. they've already worked well off each other. Uh, there was a lot, this game began with a lot of back cuts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Scotty was responsible for finding a couple guys there. Uh, overall, I still kind of look at Scotty playmaking wise as like a secondary playmaker as mm-hmm. opposed to a primary playmaker, which is uh, maybe where you're jumping in where you know fred is still of use uh shoot uh spreading the floor as well but scotty mm-hmm. didn't make two threes himself but yeah scotty looked pretty good and he shared um he, he shared that playmaking responsibilities sometimes with uh pascal as well mm-hmm. but i think scotty had a solid game on both ends i already talked about him being engaged on the defensive side with the deflections and stuff that was one of uh that was one of scotty's better defensive games i think mm-hmm. and then yeah. Um. What did you think of him as a you know playmaking? Where, where did you see the improvement that needed to be made? Yeah. I mean, I think the playmaking wise, you know, he had the three assists to three turnovers. It's not the perfect no. ratio, but he's working it out. You expect right. turnovers are going to come. It's part of development and growth. That's fine. Um. I, I think for me, he is obviously really good at navigating. Once he kind of gets downhill into the teeth of the defense, he's great at those dump off passes. He found Yak for a dunk earlier, a layup early on in the game, or a dunk. I think it was a dunk. Um. He he obviously you know he was posting up at one point was able to kind of relocate himself to angle the pass, hits the bounce pass for Yak for a little floater in the middle as well. Those two have like such a great connection so yeah. far. Um, I think it was our, our pal Kirtika pointed out the last couple of games, Scotty has nine assists, six of them are to Yaka Pertle. Um, go follow Kirtika on Twitter, the greatest stats person there is. Um, you know, it, it's there seems, and I'm not surprised to hear Scotty boast about the basketball IQ of Yaka Pertle. These are two guys who see the game I think better than most and it makes sense that they would kind of already be on the same page in the way that they play and you know we talked about this last week yes you take Scotty out of the role that was making him successful in the previous month and a half you know as the role man as operating from the center of the floor but development wise I think it's really valuable to have an actual center for him to run pick and roll with and actually play off of and I think long term that is going to be more valuable development for him than the stuff in the middle of the floor which we already kind of know he's going to be good at with his size his ability to score from floater range pick out cutters that type of stuff um the defense honestly is where I was most impressed by Scotty last night. Yeah. He had four deflections which led, which led the team per the nba.com hustle stats. He had three steals as well, had the block, 
And I'm curious if maybe this is a thing that we'll see going forward as far as maybe this is a spot where he can thrive. He's had trouble, of course, staying in front of guys all season long. He's been mostly asked to either guard on the wing or he's been that sort of secondary or sometimes primary rim protector and having to go up against guys who are bigger than him. I wonder if going up against opposing lead guards like CJ McCollum or, uh, you know, some of the other guys, the, 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 the um, you know, I guess Brandon Ingram is not so much a, a lead guard. He's more of a wing. Obviously, right. that was more of uh, OG's job. Anyway, you got Josh Richardson out there playing 29 minutes, which maybe that's bad if you're the Pelicans, 29 minutes of Josh Richardson. But that's besides the point. Um, I think Scotty maybe can kind of affect games with his length at the point of attack at the top of the arc a little bit more effectively, especially knowing that you have that backstop of Yakov portal behind you so maybe you can you know you know get a little bit more aggressive get a little closer into the shirt of the guy you're guarding um it's only one game this could maybe yeah. qualify as my hmm for today but curious to see scotty guard smaller guards going forward with that sort of line of defense behind him because his length is very disruptive he's massive at that spot and we haven't seen him in that position guarding lead guards all that often this year did you have any other sort of stray thoughts on scotty at the point position, or maybe so, you know, more on this, Fred Van Vliet's absence in this game, I, I still think they need Fred Van Vliet, is sort of <laughs> what I'm thinking. This was the other takeaway I had from Scotty's game. As good as it was, the offense down the stretch got really hairy. Uh, yeah. They almost get this game, and it gets to one possession territory before Gary hits that dagger three, which was lovely to see. Um, nice to see them close out the game in crunch time and, you know, look like they mostly had control of it despite Brandon Ingram going on one to close the game. Um, but thoughts on, yes, Scotty being a very good having a very good showing as the lead ball handler, but also the areas in which Fred Van Vliet was sorely missed. Well, going down the stretch, the, the Raptors have kind of made this the thing even when Fred was there. Uh, mm -hmm. You saw the Utah game where they blew, where they were up, what, what 12 points with like four minutes left to go. and then they're I've repressed that memory, Jamar. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> where their offense went to hell. You saw the Detroit game where a similar thing happened and they only ended up winning by one. So mm -hmm. I understand Brandon Ingram was on fire. But it is something that the Raptors have to figure out down the stretch. It just feels like it, it feels like their offense gets very stagnant, regardless who's on the court uh, mm. late in games. Uh, you make a good point about um, Scotty, you know, on the defensive end. You know, be, I think him with Jakob being there is just it's just going to make everybody be able to be even more aggressive because mm -hmm. it's funny we had this conversation about a month ago where. I think you asked me if they had a legitimate, you know, center, would that be able to slap everybody in their roles and play more of a traditional defense or mm -hmm. would that make their nurse be even more aggressive? And he answered that question yesterday. <laughs> it's just going to, it's just going to make him be even more aggressive. And, and that was his whole plan. I, he, he apparently has been dialing it back. So uh, yeah, you're just going to see more guys, uh, more help, more deflections. That's kind of what they want. It's, the Raptors are don't seem like the team that's going to play that classic, you know, drop coverage type defense or anything like like that. Everybody stick to their man type of thing, which is what you know fans have kind of you know hoped for a little bit. You know, especially when it comes to like leaving guys wide open for threes. That's something that the Raptors have been doing for a couple of seasons now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, Scotty on defending guys in help situations from the perimeter. I'm interested to see a little bit more of that because mm -hmm. you like you said. We've only seen him, for the most part, be a rim protector. That seems where he's been at the best. 
uh, this season. So, yeah, well, Scotty, there's a lot of, you know, ways you can plug him in. He's obviously extremely versatile. And down the stretch, we're probably going to see him play a little bit more of those roles that we haven't seen him play because, you know, they're going to need him less as a big with Jakob there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they um, utilize him down the stretch. Yeah, definitely. And I also just kind of back to the Fred point as well as, you know, I also think it's worth noting, like the defense was probably helped by not having Fred out there with Gary and Scotty as like your three wing defenders or three of your wing defenders. Um, That's been an issue all season long. And so we saw, I think, a bit of an improvement there. You know, Fred with Scotty plus OG plus Pascal plus Plurgal is still going to be, I think, a really good defensive crew. Um, but for those watching that game and seeing the Barnes, Trent, OG, Siak, and Pertle lineup and being like, this is the future, baby. This is the starting lineup next season. It could be, but worth noting, that lineup still just had 102.4 offensive rating over 42 possessions last night. Not very good. Uh, and so mm. there's still the need for your traditional lead ball handler creator it's not to say that scotty shouldn't be doing it late in games but having fred van vliet as another option as diversity yeah. to your attack very valuable and we saw especially, things get bogged down yeah especially someone that can stretch the floor down down the exactly and have a pull-up threat right that's like the thing scotty doesn't have is when he is shooting threes it's pretty it's usually catch and shoot it's pretty mechanical like true. fred can take that yakka portal screen and bomb away and that is just a huge thing for the Raptors to have it as part of their arsenal. And just like, mm-hmm. I think that yak Fred pick and roll we've seen, as we've seen in pretty small doses already, um, that's going to be instant offense. They didn't have that down the stretch last night. It's why I'm not really worried about them kind of flailing late in that game. Cause okay. if you have Fred, I think they probably closed that one out pretty comfortably because they were scoring pretty decently. Regardless that said 17 assists on 43 field goals. Once again, Fred Van Vliet important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to come back love, to the other I like side. How you keep yeah. making that point. I like how you keep making that point. It's just because, and I don't know how Louis Zatzman wrote this yesterday about like yeah. the sort of misconception of Fred being this like selfish ball hog player. It just doesn't check out. It doesn't add up at all. And it drives me crazy that that's like a thing that the fan base feels. Uh, you can argue whether they should keep him around for different reasons, but like very clearly the skills that he brings to the table make the Raptors better. And as great as it was watching Scotty Barnes get the reins last night, they still need Fred if they're going to make an earnest push towards the sixth seed down the stretch. Uh, we'll come back on the other side with the good, the bad, and the hmm to round out today's show. Not much bad. I have a, I'm just going to tease it. My, my bad is actually a thing I'm turning into good somehow. We'll get to that in just one second. Before we do that, got to tell you about our friends over at Nissan, who are bringing you the most electric player of the week. It's brought to you by the all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And this week's electric player of the week... I know we did it last week, but how can you not once again go with Jakob Pertl, 21 and 18, 9 of 11, just uh, an unbelievable start to his second stint with the Toronto Raptors. He's got the whole place feeling electric, and I'm feeling great as well. Of course, he is fiercely elegant in the way he navigates pick and roll defense. He's stunningly powerful in the way he rises up for those offensive rebounds, just the same way as the Nissan Aria is when you Get in that front seat. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with the, uh, the the flagship segment, if you will, after every Toronto Raptors game here on Locked On Raptors. It is the good, the bad, and the hmm. Uh, <laughs> got a very, got a very up. Add an M for every game uh, of the season. Uh, let's start with the good, shall we? A thing you liked from this game, Jamar? What you got? Uh. I didn't touch on two things. I, I, mm-hmm. I suck at this. I always come up with two things. <laughs> but first of all, that stretch where JV was out and Yakov mm. scored like nine straight points, he just kept grabbing offensive rebounds when the Raptors' offense wasn't doing much of anything. He mm-hmm. just kept grabbing offensive rebounds and putting it back because the Pelicans were playing small and they mm-hmm. had nobody to uh, box out Jakob. That was brilliant. I, I that should have We should have mentioned that. Um, and that probably saved the Raptors this game because there were a few times where the Pelicans were threatening, you know, getting within. It kept seesawing between like a seven-point game to like a 15-point game. And when it was around that seven-point range when the Raptors couldn't score, uh, Yak just kept grabbing every offensive board. And, you know, that's how that's part of the reason why he ended up with some um, seven offensive boards and 18 boards in total, which is a new <laughs> career high for him, by the way. Yeah. yeah. But uh, my actual good is uh, Caribbean uh, Heritage Night. Hell yes. Yeah, the, the, the vibes are awesome in the arena. And I think that's probably the loudest it's, it's been all season mm-hmm. long. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've had our stretches where, you know, complain about how quiet it is. I've been to a couple of Raptor games myself where it feels like if I'm cheering, I'm like the odd person out. It's like, what's wrong with you people? Type of thing. <laughs> so no, the the vibes were amazing. They had great performances all all game long. Dancers, steel pans. You know, if you were watching, Kevin um, Little, Kevin Little was there. <laughs> um, if you were watching um, the TSM broadcast, you saw you know Kayla hook um, Jack and Matt, Matt and Jack up with the doubles. They couldn't stop talking about it. You know, they 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 love those. So it, it just. It just felt like an addition to the improving uh, chemistry around the whole team. It just felt like yeah. it, it was like the perfect time for that. It snuck up on me. I didn't even know that uh, was a thing until I saw it yesterday. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the crowd was amazing. It kept the crowd in the game all, all, all game long. Uh, Scotty talked about it. Jeff Doughton Jr. talked about it. Uh, Chris Boucher. Oh, my goodness. We haven't talked about Boucher's dunk. That's Have, don't spoil my good. Oh, my bad. My bad. Okay, okay. I'll, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm just my, my mind is just going everywhere in one spot. Okay, you take the good. reins on this. You take the reins on this, and I'll probably follow up. Go ahead. Yes. Uh. Yeah. On the note of Caribbean Heritage Night, that was incredible. Uh, build the whole plane out of Caribbean Heritage Night. How about that? That sounds like a pretty good way to make the season very, very fun. Um, also, I've called a lot of games, doing broadcasting, a lot of sports. I've never gotten to eat doubles live on the air. That's now my new dream, is to eat doubles live <laughs> on the air while I'm calling a professional basketball game with a mouthful of delicious doubles. Um, <laughs> Chris Boucher, that dunk, uh, holy hell, he basically jumps from the free throw line, 
My question to you, Jamar, that's obviously my good, is just that dunk. He's been on a heater lately of these nasty transition dunks where he seems to be just jumping from, like, a foot further away every single time. Uh, do we give Chris Boucher enough credit as being, like, a Pantheon-level Toronto Raptors in-game dunker? Is he at that level yet, or is he going to need a little bit more of this transition madness to uh, level him up into the Ross, Vince, uh, Jamario Moon zone? He needs to dunk on people. Like these are transition mm. dunks where you know he mm. has he has the runway. So sure. I, I see what you're saying, but I'm a I'm a, I'm a tough judge when it comes to dunking. And <laughs> as so, you should be. It's a yeah. it's a, it's so, a very so important these, craft these dunks, and art. These dunks are are obviously really cool. I think that I was thinking in my head. Number one, I think that was the play of the season. Number two, that's up there. Yeah. I mean, I w- I have a pretty good memory. I've been racking my brain. I'm just like I can't think of a singular play that mm-hmm. got more of a reaction not just from us but like viral like whole nba online a lot of people went nuts at that dunk i mean the dude's last dribble was at the logo yeah (laughs) at the three-point arc and then finally takes off just a foot inside the um the the free throw line like that's that's freaky stuff okay so but yeah when it comes to um dunking yeah i i i want to see him and with his frame, it makes it hard because he can't really mm-hmm. take that con- he takes that contact, you know, he'll go to the floor, he'll get fouled, he'll go to the line. For Shatter him into main- a million pieces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for him to maintain that strength and dunk on people, if I see that over the next few games, then I'll I'll start, you know, elevating him along, you know, some of the the great Raptor dunkers. But the great Raptor dunkers, like when you go to DeRozan on numerous people, Ross on like Fareed, Vince oh. on like everybody. Like that, <laughs> that, 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 that's a next level. But Boucher's been real on, uh, like you said, on a real heater with these dunks lately. Yeah, there's like a smash cut going around. I apologize. I don't know who. I can't remember the person who uh, put it out. But like all of his transition dunks just from the last two weeks, it's like a right. two minute long clip. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, we love it. Chris Boucher, he's my good. His dunk is uh, going to live in my brain for quite a while. The bad. Uh, I don't really feel like having a bad, honestly. The Raptors are really good. I guess you could talk about some of Precious Achua's offensive adventures where it seemed yeah. like he like forgot he was playing basketball for a hot second. But he had a couple of nice moments. I'm not going to linger too much on that. Precious tends to have, I think, these little moments and dalliances with rust and weirdness after layoffs sometimes. So I'll let him iron it out and not be too worried about it. Uh, my bad is uh, we haven't we didn't get to see Jeff Doughton play 19 minutes of solid rotation ball sooner. Uh, he was really good last night. Five points to go along with three assists, no turnovers, uh, two of four from the field, hit a corner three, scored on a drive as well. Really good defense. Had one possession on Brandon Ingram where he just like totally swallowed him up and forced him into a really tough shot without fouling. Uh, Love Jeff Doughton. Love that he took over the Malachi Flynn minutes in the rotation. And I I really hope... Look, man, he's just a better player. I don't know what to say. Uh, and I also like the idea of Jeff Doughton uh, still being in the rotation for 19 or so minutes a game once Fred Van Vliet returns to help limit the burden on everybody else. Uh, did you have a bad in this game, or you just want to go off uh, on the Jeff Doughton, the bad thing being that he hasn't played this much and been mistrusted so far this season, and we're just getting to see it now? I do have a bad. Okay. Um, we've already talked about it. I'm more concerned about the way the Raptors finish games than you, sure. uh, because I've because it's been a pattern. So yep. I just I don't I, I don't want to see these comfortable 11, 12 point games get to one possession with under a minute left. Sure, I, I sure. just feel like that's a bad trend to just keep 
continuously doing, like I said, regardless of who's on the floor, it's been happening. So they need to figure a way. They need to have more of a killer instinct when it comes to their fourth quarter offense. It just Mm -hmm. feels like, you know, it it kind of bogs down. And then somebody, you know, Fred or Pascal has to take this kind of bailout shot. And then that sparks uh, transition opportunities for the other team. So I do want to see them improve in their fourth quarter execution. I don't have any numbers on me. That's just more of an eye test thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it, they've won most of these games except for, sorry, I got to mention again, the Utah game. But <laughs> I just, I, I don't want that to be a more of a trend down the stretch because if they keep playing with that fire, it's going to burn them mm. again. And that may be the difference between them getting like a six seed, a seven seed, eight seed. So, you know, that's something that they do need to clean up. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my, hmm, uh, th- that's where I was going to talk about Jeff Doughton because Beautiful. as you said, it looks like, for one game at least, it looks like he jumped Malachi Flynn on the depth chart. Does that stay that way? How many minutes does he get with a full rotation? I'm interested mm-hmm. to see that. Um, it looks like, you know, Delano Batten came into the preseason looking like he had a hold on that backup role, but that's completely flipped. And, you know, now he's at the 905 a lot. But, yeah, his defense was incredible. Uh, I he has a mid range game. He just hasn't really shown it at this level, um, mm-hmm. and he he is able to attack. There's a lot of different things that Jeff Dalton could do. So I want to see him get consistent minutes. Uh, we kind of already seen where uh, you know what Malachi does when he's on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I, I want to see how this plays out more. I don't want to see Dalton like basically in the Wee's camp role where basically he doesn't touch the court at all. So yeah. I, I believe he's good enough to be in the rotation. And I, that's my, I just want to see if Nick nurse, you know, sticks to that when Fred is in the game. I mean, Fred, sorry, Fred's in the, in the lineup and mm-hmm. I just want to see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, promising, I think is the fact that Nick nurse had like glowing praise for him last night. And Very. usually when he's got glowing praise for a guy, He's going to stick with him for a little bit. You know, it's, uh, you know, once you get into his good graces, he loves you. Ask Patrick McCaw. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm encouraged by what we heard from Nurse on Doughton last night as it relates to what he's going to do going forward here. Uh, My hmm is just a little, uh, you know, it's early days, might be a little premature, but I want to take you back to 2013, December. It's cold. It's brisk. Toronto Raptors have just traded Rudy Gay away to the Sacramento Kings and turned their team into something that makes a little bit more sense, less overlap of skills, everyone's roles are defined, and all of a sudden they start winning some games. And after that trade, they go and win 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 of their next 13 games. The Toronto Raptors have now won six of their last seven games. They're 3-1 and one since acquiring Jakob Pertl, I guess maybe the stand-in for the Rudy Gay trade here. I'm not saying the Raptors are going to go on a magical run like they did in 2013-14 where it seemed like they were headed towards the tank and then all of a sudden became a really good team. Obviously, it's later in the season than it was when the Rudy Gay trade kickstarted that season, but uh, I'm just saying it doesn't feel entirely different either. So uh, just leave you on that one before we wrap up the show. Just, uh, you know, there, there might be a very, very fun couple of months of basketball ahead of us here if, uh, if things continue as they've looked over the last couple. We're going to round it there. Thank you so much, Jamar, for hanging out. Where can people check out your work? My Twitter handle is always JamarBH. 
I am going to be extremely active over the next couple weeks. Every day I'm going to be coming out with something, whether it be a recap of one game or a preview for another. So I have a lot of work on my Twitter handle. You can find the link to my Raptors Republic work there. So, yeah, this is the time to it's – it's the time for the, the, the players to – you know, put on a little run, and I guess it's time for guys like us to put on a little run too, and put out our best work. Oh hell yeah! Uh, I mean, I've been putting on my best work all season long, Jamar. I'm not sure there was <laughs> no, I have not. Uh... <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, it's thrilling stuff. It's very exciting. Uh, join the the fun. Hop on the wagon. Maybe you're mad they're not going to get a lottery pick. Uh, who cares? They're playing fun basketball again. We should all and... be on the same team now. Like we're cheering. Exactly. We're, we're cheering for wins. We're not cheering for the lottery anymore. Yeah, don't be ghouls. Don't be little draft pick freaks. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> and enjoy what should be a pretty fun stretch of ball here. At the very least, an interesting stretch of ball. You can enjoy that by subscribing to Locked On Raptors if you have not yet on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube, of course. Please do that as well. Even if you're an audio-focused listener, just subscribing on YouTube helps so, so much. It makes me feel very good. Helps the algorithm. Strokes my ego. There's really no downside to it whatsoever. We'll wrap it there. We'll be back again on Monday. I'm going to be on the road. I'm going and driving down, road tripping around Lake Erie to both Detroit and Cleveland over the weekend. I will have a full recap of those games on Monday with Vivek Jacob as well. So that'll be a ton of fun. We'll round it there. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're traveling as well, shoot me a message. Maybe we can meet up and, ha- and say hi at the arenas as we go to Detroit and Cleveland and uh, eat some buddy's pizza and whatnot. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.